Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Up with another episode of the International Podcast. Today we are we are going international. As, as we said, it, it, we've got Martin Cockle. How are we doing today? I'm good. Yourself? We've got Jimmy from How's Sweden doing? Uh, Sweden is where Sweden is. Uh, we're doing we're doing pretty okay. Uh, things are starting to lighten up. So, got Francois, who is not from France, as I said in the group. He is Canadian. <laughs> How are we doing today? Uh, bonjour. I'm good. Doing great. Uh, <clears throat> out here in the afternoon. So doing doing pretty good. See, I always feel like the uh, the Eurovision Song Contest contest when I introduce people on this one around the world and but hopefully it won't be far for any countries this year well it's going to be for some of them but we are mainly focusing on the IFAF world championships coming up in Israel start of December so firstly we've got the 22 teams that are on the list we've got Austria Belarus Brazil Canada Chile Czechoslovakia Denmark Finland France Germany Great Britain as the host, uh, Japan, Mexico, Panama, Spain, Sweden, SA, and Team Neutral. So Team Neutral, I think, Martin, you've explained this one, uh, it's technically yeah, the, the it, Russian it, team. It is, it is Russia. Uh, at world event level uh, competitions, they're not allowed to actually be classed as Russia under WADA restrictions for anti-doping. Um, so they have to p- uh, compete as Team Neutral. Uh, I'd like to name we use as a working name, which was Big Bear, but sadly we've got to go with Team Neutral. Uh, but it, it's a wider restriction at World Championships that they're not allowed to be represented, which is a pain. Because at European level, they can. At Worlds, they can't. Uh, so we've had, we've had some discussions with them and, and they're fine. They just want to compete. They want to be there, which is good. So, Especially with this... The current situation we've had with the, the whole like the whole world closing down due to one virus, and it's I, I don't I don't think you really, like most teams would really care what they they were classed as as long as they go out to play. Yeah, it's a it's a common thing. Just let me play. Don't care what so, call me. Just let me play. K League is about to start. We've got the first game day on Saturday. For the well, for the English teams, I think the Welsh and Scottish teams will be joining up soon. Jimmy, any any light at the end of the tunnel for Sweden at the moment for the flag leagues? Yeah, there there might be. Uh, June the first, they're gonna let the amateur sports begin to uh, go on, uh, both for amateurs and uh, kids. So I think in the next few days, there's gonna be a schedule up and. We're probably going to go, so that's exciting. You got to see the Swedish league going, and the the Canadian league. How's that looking? Have you have you been playing, been tra- train, uh, training at all? Uh, we're training a little bit. Uh, each part, as you know, Canada is pretty wide country, so each uh, region is really really different. Uh, I'm from uh, Quebec, the French part, and we uh, we had. Good news earlier this week. So we're looking at starting our leagues mid to end of June. Um, up west, it's a little bit different. And I know Ontario right now, which is 
pretty much central Canada. They're, uh, yeah, they're, they still have like 2,000 cases, uh, new cases every day. So they're a little behind. So we're uh, probably a month behind you guys, I guess. But we haven't done anything organized in uh, since, I would say, September, August, September. So we're uh, way, way, way behind. And uh, Team Canada, the, 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 on the women's side, it's going to be a new challenge this year because I'm bringing a new team. And half our team is from Quebec, and the other half is from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, way out west. So there is a chance we can't get together until October, September, something like that. So yeah, it's definitely going to be a challenge on that front. Just to quickly go over the Canadian leagues, how, how big is flag football in Canada? I mean, obviously, we, the UK we, we see America as the home of flag football and or the home of American football. Is it quite a popular sport in Canada? Yeah, well, in Quebec, um, we have uh, we're really really big in schools, high schools. So from uh, I don't know, 12 to 18, and then we have uh, well, school system is a little bit different. There's, we have a level of school between high school and university. We call it CJEP. So it's really grade 12 and uh, first year of university college. So we have a, like a 31 team league there, and then there's adult leagues. Uh, in the school system, we have close to, uh, I think we're up at uh, 16,000 players from age 12 to 22, just about. So not counting adults. And the rest of Canada is a little bit different. They're not as big in schools, but they run the youth leagues. So they'll start younger and they're working to get at the getting it uh, into schools. So yes, it's a fairly popular sport. Uh, football has seen a bit of a decline. So we've seen uh, kids move to, to, to flag rather than play play tackle football so yeah we're uh yeah i'd say we're, and we're just like uh it was announced a couple of weeks ago that we we are going to have an official university league in quebec uh, so we're looking at probably eight to ten universities competing and the rest of canada's watching us and if it works then we're probably going to have a cross canada university league at some point which is perfect uh, the big, big difference in all that is we in Quebec we play mostly seven man flag, but not the version they play in the U.S. these days, right? It's more like touch football with flags kind of thing. So it's not like the center doesn't participate and it's only passing. Kind of, it's a little bit different. So when we uh, in Quebec we only play five man when we run, when we play with the rest of Canada, or when we go international. So our game is mostly seven men, but we're starting our university league five men, so we can get really, really, really good at it. Uh, the rest of Canada is mostly five men. So yeah, to answer your question, uh, yeah, it's pretty big and it's growing and it keeps growing. It's interesting to see when obviously I I, I grew up playing nine man semi contact, oh. which then did, that that disappeared and then it became solely five man. Yeah, seven man has seen a bit of a a surge lately, especially with like the AFFL and the UK Dukes like doing said, their. Our seven man is a little bit different than that, but it, it, it it's close, but it's different. It's it's like we play seven man with five man rules kind of thing on a on a large Canadian field, and we're talking sixty five yards wide. 
and sometimes <laughs> we'll play on the regular soccer pitch. That's even wider. Yeah. So when you throw outside, you really throw outside. So it's a world world difference with that, obviously. See, I, I I wouldn't be able to survive in the Canadian League. I've got, I've got a weak arm as a QB, so I'm I'm happy with like 25 yard wide. I'd hate to do that as an official trying to run up and down a full size pitch yeah. on a flag game. That'd be a nightmare. It's a challenge, big challenge for some guys. Yeah, yeah my back and knees can't take that sort of pressure anymore. That's why I run events now instead of officiating. Well, that's, that's what that's why I podcast. <laughs> Well, that's, that's kind of what I concentrated on coaching at some point. Uh, so we, me and Francois first met in 2010, the World Championships in Ottawa. Uh, yeah, were you there in 2008? Yeah, I was officiating, yeah. 2008, were you there? No, 2010. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I, was, I started in 2008 in uh, Saint-Jean, Quebec, and then Ottawa 2010. That's right. Yeah. Jimmy, so hopefully, Jimmy, you'll be looking, running a, uh, a Swedish podcast. Yeah. I'm starting that one up. But same question to you. How, how big is Swedish football? Ooh, it's not very big. I think we have about 10 to 12 teams all in all. Uh, we're not in the schools, uh, not at university, even though we could could be potentially uh, i hope our federation is looking into that but it's slowly moving forwards uh sometimes sideways and uh, i'm afraid sometimes backwards so it's but we're, we're struggling we're trying to make the best of it i think i would say like english flag at one point was dying down and the nine-man league, I think, had four teams in it, and then five-man kind of picked up. And I think we're now on. I think last time I counted, there was about sixty teams across the whole of the UK. So you, you know, you, you could be in that that bottom bit where you you hit that bottom. I know you could be on the rise, and you have sixty teams all across Sweden. And well, well, we hope so anyway. I mean, I think the UK. Don't think the men's league has many university teams in there i think there's there was two from the women's league which is the warwick wolverines i think portsmouth also had a a, a flag team in the university but hopefully that will be on, on the rise as well yeah we'll, we'll be fighting francois for the the university league world championships when they, whenever they bring that in as well yeah but looking at the uh, upcoming tournament Going off those ones, if you've got to pick your final four to make it through, who do you think is going to be going through in the, the, the semi-finals? And then give me a winner at the end. Uh, Jimmy, we're going to go to you first on this one. Ooh. Men or women? But let's go for the men's first. Men's first. Okay. Um, final four. The U.S. is... Probably, probably are most likely going to be there. Uh, and I think it's pretty wide open. Uh, Denmark is a contender, as always. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a tough one. Uh, it it kind of all depends on how uh, teams have been able to prepare. 
uh, I think. So I think this one is probably more open than any uh, previous championship in, in my book. Uh, you never know who's going to participate or not. So, but I, I, if I would venture a guess of the final four, it would be probably USA. Uh, I think Austria is going to be in there. Denmark. And uh, probably Canada, maybe. I, I, it's uh, as I said, it's it's a tough one this year, but I I, I kind of think the U.S. is going to win it in the end. Martin, what's your your take on the final four for this year? Oh, well, if you look at the top four from the 2018, which was USA, Austria, Denmark, Mexico, and then Canada, if I remember rightly, was fifth in, in the men's competition. Panama was six. Um, I think, obviously, USA, you're going to be saying, is, is going to be in the gold medal unless, unless they have a really bad competition. Um, but then if you look at Austria, Cuba, sorry, Austria, Panama, Canada, Denmark, Mexico, and now Italy, their performance in the Euros was really, really good. And they got they picked up that QB um, that was throwing the ball around really well. So it's a toss-up between that group that get, gets in through to the, the other spot in the final. I think... Um, Austria's performance in the Euros wasn't that great. Um, they were quite. They showed quite a few weaknesses, and this is the problem when you're trying to go off of something that's a couple of years out of date. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Italy in the final with USA, just purely based on the performance that I saw at the Euros and how how greatly they'd improved. I mean, you've got stalwarts like Rossi in there, but they've got some really good new bodies in that team. So I think they, they'll have a really good run at it, I think. So you've got Italy, USA. You've got two more? I don't know if I missed that bit. What, that's the men's, yeah? You want potentially two, a couple of others? Yeah, I want top, your final four. All right, uh, uh, Denmark. And then I think it's a toss-up between Mexico and Canada. Um. Canada. Denmark, Canada. Would you have said that if I wasn't here? Yeah, to be fair, because their performance in Panama was really good. Uh, they just had a couple of bad games. Uh, they would have ranked higher, I believe. Um, but they are extremely consistent in their performance. So, so yeah. Francois, who's your final four for this one? Um, pretty much agree with Jimmy and Martin. I'm just going to throw out uh, Israel in there. Uh, I saw them play in Texas uh, in the International Bowl uh, last, uh, man, it feels like five years ago, uh, last January, actually January 2020. Yeah, they were pretty good. Uh, they gave the U.S. team a pretty good ride. Um, I think the, no doubt in my mind, the U.S. team is uh, going to be the team to beat again. Uh, Denmark has to be there. Uh, Canada's going to be a challenge because same reason I said earlier for the uh, the women that guys come come from all over the country. So I don't know how much time they're going to have together before we actually go, even if it's in December. So it's definitely going to be a challenge for Canada. I'd really be happy if they they were in top four, but I I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't take that to Vegas. Um, Mexico's always 
you know, depends on the game they play to, to qualify. If, if they have a great game, they definitely have a shot. So I'm going to say U.S., Denmark, uh, Austria, and Israel. Top four. So, uh, so we have got a uh, another guest about to join us in on this one. Carlos joining us today. How are we doing, Carlos? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. How are you guys doing? Sorry, uh, my, my daughter didn't want to go to sleep, so uh, <laughs> it took took some time. But uh, I'm happy I can join, even though it's a bit late. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot straight away here. We've just been picking out our predictions nice. for Final Four. Oh, oops. Wait, she just woke up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so who is your, your pick for the Final Four in the, uh, the World Championships this year? Ooh, that's a good one. Spain, of course, you know. <laughs> now, now uh, top four. Okay, so you got the US, of course. They'll be there. I would say oof, top four. I don't know how is Mexico doing. Probably Mexico. Uh, Denmark and Austria and then Italy I don't know, Italy might be somewhere there but I don't know, also, you know, Panama Panama is very strong and now they had the the quarterback from the US you know, now it's the head coach I think right, I think I, I heard Cascudo uh, so, but anyway let, let's, let's go US Denmark, Austria, Mexico or Panama, I'd say my top five I mean Five. As as Martin as we said, it is very very difficult to predict a world championship at this point when no one's played, no one's seen each other. We we've just done predictions for one of the leagues in the UK, and we had to completely guess it. And then we we were we were naming players and going, this guy's going to be a great impact, and then found out that they've either retired, <laughs> stopped stop playing, changed teams, whatever you know. So this 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 year is going to be one of those ones where it may not necessarily follow the the normal like the roots of things. We, we've got one. Uh, I've got Martin on one of the comments. His prediction is U.S., USA, Italy, Mexico, and Denmark for his top four. Yeah, I mean Italy is very strong too. So, but it, Italy is very you don't know. Like uh, sometimes they come very strong team, you know, and uh, other years it's. That it, they have good players, but the team doesn't gel, you know. But the like European Championship, I mean, they were very good. Mm -hmm. So the last you know few tournaments, like I mean, they, they got top-notch players, you know, American, Italian QB with an arm, the NFL arm, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, but but you don't know. The defense is a bit on the edge, you know. They like to play <laughs> tough and rough, so they take uh, players out of the. If the receivers they don't keep their their coolness, they, they lose it quickly. So you know they're very experienced the defense defense. So but but you don't know. Sometimes they don't show up. No. I got I gotta say about the Italian team. I don't think there's any team you want to face when they have the momentum. Uh, they're just terrible to, to play against. Not not terrible. They're hard to play against because when when they get the speed up. And get the momentum going. Uh, I mean, we saw it in 2019. Uh, I think that's pretty much the main reason why they made it so far because they had the momentum with the team throughout the whole tournament. I think their one weakness is on the defensive side of their ball. 
their offense is really good and it clicks. The problem is their defense is uh, less too many scores in, um, yeah. and it's it's always a race to the finish of the game. Yeah, yeah, you know that they're mostly tackle players. You know they. They, they are not, you know, the typical players that you might see on the Champions League, you know, from the 69ers or whatever. So they are like on the offensive side, they're amazing athletes and they all play Division One tackle really good. Of course, on the defense, you know, when you play tackle, you move to flag, eh, pull the yeah. flag, pull the flag is not so easy, you know, and 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 when you play against them, I mean, they they, I mean, you you get some bruises out, you know, you can tell the tackle players, you know? yeah. and of course, but when it comes down to pull the flag. They, they, yeah, they, they do miss that. So, so that's, I mean, Martin, you're, you're right. That's their kind of weakness. So, I mean, just having a quick look at the the medal table here. USA have picked up the gold four times, currently leading that one. Um, Austria just behind in with three gold medals. If you look at the total medals, though, it's not actually the USA at the top. It's actually Denmark, four silvers and a bronze. All four of you have picked Denmark to be in the final four, so yeah, this could be the year that they go that one step and pick up the the, the gold that they've been after. I think the, the best game I've ever seen actually was in uh, 20, 2018 in Miami, uh, which was the final USA Denmark, and it was a one point mm. difference. And if if Denmark had gone with the the, the short pass, we would have gone into overtime, but they kept trying to push it to the back of the uh, end zone on that final couple of plays. It was just, in my opinion, bad play calling. If they'd have gone for the, the the high percentage pass, the short pass, they would have been into overtime on that final. They never done that to us. I don't understand why. <laughs> you know, they, they always go uh, short, short, and then you got a deep side back yeah. post there that kills you with with uh, the, the the blonde guy. I forgot his name, but the, I guess the one I'm surprised. Like four, yeah. I'm surprised they changed that. You, you, you I, I kind of describe the whole team. Uh, blonde, strong, big, look like Thor. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You know, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the corner, you know, he played corner and wide receiver. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah. He's some, uh, uh, I forgot the name of the team now. But anyway, it's, what, it's the best corner I've seen, actually. The first name now. But anyway, it'll come back to my head. But yeah, that's—it's a shame they changed their sort of play calling there. Because, uh, but that's when you play against the U.S., you think you have to try something different, you know? Mm. Because I mean, their their athletes are amazing. So, uh, so I mean, so, so you've all picked your top four. I'm going to go the other end of the. Who do you think will be coming up in that last place? Francois, I'm going to go. Uh, this one, I, I have no idea. I know this year, uh, uh, this year is going to be different because uh, every country has been different on a different pace with COVID. Like I said a couple of times already, we haven't played all that much in a, more than a year, so uh, our guys are probably going to challenge at some point. But how long does it take before we can, you know, pick it up and get together? Uh, I mean, uh, to get the players together in the practice from across Canada, there's like 3,000 or, or even 4,000 kilometers. Now, think about that. Yeah. And it's actually probably cheaper to fly to London from Montreal than to fly out west to Vancouver in Canada. 
Now that does, I know that doesn't make sense, but it's just our reality. So getting the team together is definitely a challenge. So we're always considering: Are we better with a team from the same province that's used to playing together, that's already gelled, or the better athletes from all across the country? Mm-hmm. That's a big challenge every time. So based on that, I guess, uh, and it's hard because uh, probably one of the newer countries that you know have a, a, a big uh, background in flag. Um, I don't know off, off the top of my head. I I really don't want to answer that. I mean, it, <laughs> there's, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, some of the teams are probably not going to be as ready. Also, I think well, two things from what you guys said earlier about the U.S. Um, I think the U.S. has gotten really, really more serious in flag than they were earlier, especially on the women's side. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be they'd send tackle football players. You know, guys from the New York team, you know, get a group of girls together and go play Worlds. Well, now, guess what? No, they're getting athletes and they're getting flag players. So, And it's the same on the men's side. I mean, they are going to be really, really, really tough to beat for I don't know how many years. It probably it can be done, but hmm. you have to bring your a perfect game. So they, they, you know, they're way, way, way more serious than they were. But, you know, Francois, yes, yes, let me... You know, you were making a really good point about, you know, Canada, having, you know, bringing people in, you know, such a huge country. You know? Now, U.S. traditionally, except for last World Cup, they pretty much were one team based in Miami, uh, Cascudo, that they play, you know, for uh, mo- mostly four side. And they were the core, I mean, I think there were just about five or six of them. And then they pick a few guys from the Florida area. Now, those guys were unbeatable because they knew each other very well and they play the double QB you know option because they normally play with three receivers so the, the, the fifth guy was the extra guy there you know and they were very difficult to beat but of course they got amazing athletes but I think they were so yelled together there. so now you bring in players from all over of course amazing guys you know you got AFL guys coming to you know and but I, I don't know you know they might not be a solid that they are when put in a difficult situation, you know. Yeah, but I mean, the old team Cascudo. I mean, they were they were just breezing through. I mean, no problem, you know. There was just, so, I, you know, maybe there we might have a surprise. I don't know. But I think now they 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 understand that they have to play together a lot. So mm-hmm. from what I see on 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 Facebook and on social networks and stuff, uh, it seems they play every weekend. They're they're out playing a, a high level tournament somewhere in the u.s like every weekend okay so they, they, the volume of you know practice mm-hmm. and playing together i mean it just can be overwhelming for all the teams i think okay well, if you if you're doing if you're doing that then <laughs> well it seems that way i don't know i don't know yeah. all the names but yeah. i mean it, it's and they like well i don't want to get into the their the way they they treated COVID and everything, but it seemed like in the U.S. Uh, nothing really stopped, and you know, for a brief period of time regionally. But it seemed they they've always had tournaments and they kept playing and they kept practicing. You know, unlike us that has pretty much been shut down for a year or so. But anyway, so that good for them, I guess. I'm gonna drop you on this one, Jimmy. Who who's gonna be the? Uh... The last place, or the like, give you a couple of teams that you may think may struggle this year. 
I'm, 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 I'm probably going to get banned from my own country for saying this, but I think Sweden's going to be uh, struggling, and I also think Finland's going to be struggling too. Uh, Finland is fairly new on the men's side, uh, so that that's always an issue. Uh, they haven't had a program there. I think they started the program this year with the with the goal. Uh, actually, they started last year with the goal of getting to this world championship. So uh, Sweden doesn't have a head coach yet uh, for the men's team, uh, as far as I know. So that, that that's going to be a struggle too. And yeah. It, it also depends on who who we get, who who's going to get to go and who's going to afford it too. So, I think the Nordic countries, other than Denmark, is going to struggle in this tournament. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, that's the way I look at it. Uh, other European teams might also struggle uh, for the same reason. Uh, I, I think a lot a lot of countries might be toying with the idea of sending. Uh, the national championship team uh, plus one or two players, which I know Denmark had an idea of a few years ago to do to do it that way, let the national championship champion team uh, and spice it with a few players. I think they did that one year, and Sweden tried to do it one year too. Uh, so that might be an idea, just to get players that actually have played together for as much time as they could. But I, I don't think in, in this uh, this year it's not going to make that much of a difference. Uh, so I think, ah, well, the short answer is uh, I would say Finland and Sweden is going to struggle this year. Martin, what's your thoughts on the uh, the bottom place? <laughs> um, well, we've got some new people joining us this time round. Um, so there are some unknowns in there: um, Belarus, Chile, Brazil. It's um, going to be interesting i do think finland being very new will be lower down the rankings um switzerland have not had a great showing but they're, they're, they're improving each time they come out so i think without actually having seen them maybe uh chile sweden finland in the bottom three i think i mean I, i've looked at brazil and when you you look at Brazil, they play a lot of dual sports, same as Panama do. They play like beach volleyball as well as uh, flag football. So they tend to be very fast, great hand-eye coordination and very athletic. So they may do well, same as Panama, Brazil. So it's a, it's a hard pick because we do have so many news that we've never seen before. And you, you said 22 teams, that's 22 nations. Yeah, that's a we've actually got four, we've actually got forty-two teams. So, Carlos, what's your pick for the uh, the bottom of the pile? So, I I think you know when you come in one of these tournaments, international tournaments, rookies pay a really high toll. So, like Chile, Belarus. Now, I've never seen them play. To be honest, I think. I mean, I, I've been there, done that. You walked in there thinking you're a hot chin and you're just like, Phew. and and the, there is a lot of quality coming this year, you know. So, you know, when they kick your ass so bad and team morale goes down, I, um, I don't know. So, I, it's, you know, it, it takes time to get to it. You know, Finland, for example, they, I remember they played uh, 2014 in Grosseto, 
okay, I don't, they probably finished last or they didn't do great, but I think Finland, they have played a little bit here and there. They, they, you know, they might be thought they're different players, probably the case, but uh, but this Chile, Belarus, uh, Brazil, I mean, the athletes too, but you know, you could be athletes, but I don't know how much they play in Brazil, you know, but I, I would be going to all those two or three countries that are new to the scene, you know, that they m might struggle to, to, to get off the bottom, you know, because experience is it's, it's something that until until you don't have it in your face and you see how they play you know you gotta see it and feel it yeah. and uh, it's really not not easy and i mean <laughs> just north america mexico canada u.s you know then you have like the methodic austrians the athletes of denmark you got France, you got Italy, Israel. I mean, and if you've never played at such a high level, you know, you know, Sweden, you guys have experience, you know. I mean, you, maybe, yeah, of course, you're talking, thinking, but you at least know where you can go, you know. You can probably go, it's like, okay, this guy's no way, but let's play our game. And then you can look down the table and say, like, oh, you know, we can. There are chances with these teams, you know. So you, you uh, but the other teams, I mean, it's uh, it takes time until you get used to it and get the you know motivate your players to go like, look, these guys are going to run over you. It's okay, don't worry. We'll go to the next game, <laughs> trying to get something going, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I will go with those rookies, let's say, you know, to the competition. You know? Are going to have as obviously uh, as a new play, new teams things are some of the bigger squads may look at it as like a an easy game and sort of drop down their intensity a little bit. You know, you might get that underdog. I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not saying that you know the newest team is going to come in and be the only team to beat America this year. But you know, you might get that the few little shock results that may wake people up in a way. I, I don't see that at this level. Uh, all the champions, world championships I've been to and seen for at least the first half, if they're coming up against someone new and who's struggling, they will play their normal game. They may ease off in the second half, but by that point, they're, they're 30 plus points up. Um, they come out fast, they start fast and they keep going until the game's put away. Now, whether that's at the end of the first half or or midway through the second, doesn't matter. They will come hard and fast at this level. They won't play down. They'll play their game. And I, I think uh, India found that out. Game one in, in Panama, 80-0. Um, and first play from scrimmage, pick six. And USA didn't stop until the second half. They played the first half as normal. Second half, they eased off big time. Uh, and was saving their energy for later games, so and I don't see it. To be fair, I don't. I mean, you, you guys are the experts in this one. I, I'm, I'm the I'm the new guy on the international scene. Well, sometimes I think it depends on which point you're at in the tournament. Sometimes the first game you play, you want to really get it together. Where and where, as opposed to if it's the last game of pool play, you might might want to go easier on the team. Sometimes yeah. maybe. It could be that too that get into play. 
So that, that's the, the men's uh, side sorted. Having a quick look at the women's side as well. We're going we're gonna to ask you the same question about the, 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 your, your top four in this one. But again, having a quick look at the medal table here, Mexico with three gold medals, four in total. With the, they've got their bronze. Canada, four medals in total, two gold, a silver and a bronze. And the USA with four in total, uh, gold, silver, gold and three silvers. France four as well, so a gold, silver and two bronze. Look, looking at your final four for, for the women's side, Carlos, who's your pick for the final four in the women's? Mm, final four. So I will probably have to go again with the US, uh, Mexico, because Mexico women's team, it's amazing. It's out of somewhere. And, and that will be very interesting, my chat, Mexico, US. Uh, it changes a lot sometimes with who selects the players, but uh, I mean, I've seen team A, B, C, D, and they're like, i happy I've never had to play against them because like, they would kick my ass. <laughs> I mean, they're so dynamic and, uh, and they're so drilled. I mean, it's amazing. And they, they don't trade together so often, but they, it's amazing the discipline they have in Mexico and the speed. Um, Canada, last time I saw it was a while back, so I, I cannot say how they're doing i'm sure francois has a better understanding in there um the i mean you know the austrian girls they play very well they're very good the the austrian team very good so i will i would say i will put them there uh in that top four and and i'm going to add spain in there because they they actually, and, you know, the, with the the men's team is a different story, but you know they were European champions now. Uh, they they you know beat a lot of the good teams in Europe, and they have now solid. They've been same head coach and and, and assistant head coach now for since 2014. You know, in Grosseto and in Grosseto, uh, we were tied against the US, and they have a hell of a team. And, you know, U.S., of course, full experience and athletes, and they beat us by, I think, 14 points. But, and that was a long time ago. So they have got a lot of experience now. Uh, coaching is solid. They started to blitz. They were not blitzing at that time. <laughs> so now, uh, so uh, yeah, I would say U.S., Mexico, Austria, and Spain. If, if you had to pick a winner out of these four, who's going to take home that gold medal this, this year? Right. Uh, US, US. Uh, as you mentioned, Canada, we're going to jump up to Francois now. Top four. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is I've been around the international game since 2008. And um, you mentioned uh, the, the medals and all the teams that have won. I just want to say that we did not go in 2012. And that was probably our best years for that team. For well, anyways, I don't want to get into the reasons why we didn't go, but I'm I like to think we probably would have won that one too. But it didn't happen. We weren't there. But anyways, um, the, the the one thing I'm going to say is the women's game overall has improved a lot. Mm -hmm. it used to be two or three really good teams, and then the bottom teams were beginning. And it was it wasn't it wasn't competitive games most of the games, uh, but now it's not the case anymore. Even the lower ranked teams, uh, you have to really work hard. You can't take a game off because they're going to beat you. 
they're going to, well, they're going to score on you at, at the very least, and they're going to stop you on defense. Overall, I guess experience kicks in at some point, but uh, the level overall is improved a lot. And I mean, way more than the men's, I feel. Um, as I said earlier, I think the U.S. is just taking it more seriously. Uh, they have to be the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite up there. Um, I do agree, Mexico. Uh, the other thing I'm going to say is on the women's side, it seems countries, each country has a different style of play. On the men's side, you can you see that, but you see kind of two or three styles. On the women's side, on the women's side, sorry, um, you know, we got, we certainly have our style of play. Uh, I'm thinking of the Japanese. I, I don't know what to call it, but whatever they do is kind of funky every play. And they kind of surprise us because we, we don't know. We never see that. Uh, the Mexicans, like Carlos said, they really are unbelievable. Because they can all control. They're great at flagging. I mean, they all whoever they bring, it doesn't matter. They're going to have a top team for sure. Whoever selects, whoever plays, it doesn't matter. They're always really, really, really good. Uh, of the U.S., um, now, what they have great athletes, so they air it out and jump ball at the end, and they end up scoring. I mean, anyways, so I say U.S. number one. Carlos, you made great points, but you forgot one major team, which is Panama. Panama, Panama yeah, yeah. It, it was. It's in my head now, going like Panama. Of course, you know they yeah. were in the final, right? Yeah. Last time, yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. they were in Miami. Uh, they won. They beat USA in Miami. Right. Yeah. yeah. We were the only team to beat them, and mm -hmm. we won like 7 6. And they had a touchdown taken back, uh, otherwise, we would have won. So, yeah, there, if somebody beats the US, I think Panama's right up there. Mm -hmm. uh, Mexico, certainly. Austria, always uh, well coached, always has a good team. Um, and to me, the wild card is UK and Spain. Mm -hmm. Because Great that, Britain. Oh, Great Britain. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, you'll, you'll start a war over it. Yeah, that's my knowledge of, uh, anyways, <laughs> international politics. Anyways, um, because the last Euros that were played, these two teams played the championship game. And I was looking at finding the stream, and I watched the game, and then I ended up watching uh, uh, Great Britain and Spain, and I said, okay, that must be the semifinal or something. I'm expecting Austria to play, and, and it turns out, wait a minute, that was the final. So these two teams, I have no idea. They have to be good, right? Because they they won one team won Euro, and the other one made it to the final. So they have to be good, but we have no idea. I have no idea what to expect. But I'm thinking they're going to be up there, but probably behind most of the, uh, I guess, the North American teams, uh, Panama, Mexico. Austria, and of course we're—I um, don't think we're one of the favorites to win it, but we're—I'm going to be disappointed if we don't finish top four, and hopefully with a medal, uh, bringing in a new team, young team. There's uh, three or four returning players, new quarterback, entirely new offense, so we should be pretty good. But are we going to be one of the favorites? I do not think so. Uh, so I'm going to go U.S. Panama, Mexico, Canada, Austria, close fifth. 
That would be my picks. Another comment on that one. Uh, again, it's Martin. Uh, we've got the his prediction for the women's one is USA, Mexico, Panama, and Austria for the top four. Uh, Jimmy, now, so what's your pick for the top four women's? Oh, I'm I'm going to be kind of boring and copy Francois uh, because I, I I think those are the four uh, dominating teams. But I but I would also say that. There could be another team up in the top four, uh, and there are a cluster of like five, maybe six countries. I would say that could be up there. Uh, so I would say Canada, uh, U.S., Mexico, and Panama. Uh, and challengers would be Spain. I I was really surprised seeing them in the uh, Euro uh, 2019. Uh, Austria, of course. Denmark could be. Uh, and I would throw in Israel too because I think they are really disappointed with what uh, what they performed in uh, 2019. So they have a lot to prove on that team. Uh, and home field advantage uh, might kick in there. So they they are a challenger, but I think that those are the top four. But the the cluster between like fifth and tenth places, uh, there's a lot of teams there that could surprise and knock one of the four tops down, I think. Martin, you get you get final talk on this one. Ugh. Um, yeah, it's, it's really weird, because I'm looking at the rankings that we currently have. Oh, you're looking at the schedule and thinking, oh, they're going to lose there, and they're going to lose there. Yeah, I'm looking at, I've, I've got the schedule in front of me as well, currently, yeah. although it's embargoed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, USA, Panama, Canada, Mexico, based on um, previous performances, but as you say, um, Spain and Great Britain uh, are on the up as well. Austria took their their first loss that I can remember in Europeans against the British. Um, and considering that they beat Great Britain in the round robin and then met them again in the quarterfinal, um, it was a huge turnaround. And I know that had Great Britain, I think, had Great Britain not played Austria in the in the uh, semi then they may have won the gold because i think over oh i know overall their performance was a little bit better and they beat spain in the round robin um but they just burnt themselves out playing austria in that game to get to the final you've got austria and israel you, you can never count those two out austria are going to be hungry because of that loss in the europeans and not getting to the final i think they've got something to prove so they'll be dangerous and, and and I don't care what anyone says. I think they have the best quarterback in in the world in the women's game. She is absolute phenomenal. She's brilliant. Um, Israel, they always perform really really well, and they just seem to struggle in those last last couple of games. I don't know if it's fatigue or what, but they, yeah. So USA, Panama, Canada, Mexico. I think they're going to be the top four, but. I think Panama and Canada are interchangeable with Spain, Great Britain, and Austria. Okay. I think they're all pushing for that that spot. So yeah. So you you've gone for fairly similar ones. I mean, Carlos, you got differently and dropped to Austria and Spain in that one. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you know, it, it is going to be a great competition no matter where it's held on this side. I mean, hopefully we'll be we'll be over there and covering it. Hopefully getting some. I'll be I'll be dra- I'll be wandering around the pitches trying to find you guys and dragging you on for commentary side and maybe yeah, bringing up the. I'll make sure security keep you out. I, I've now got permission off off Israel that I'm allowed it onto the pitches. I don't know how I managed to. I, I got a random message from somebody who I didn't know, and I said, "You know," he said, "Looking forward to you coming over to Israel." And I was like, what, "What's your position in Israel flag football?" And he went, "I'm the president of it." And I was like, "Okay, I'm going with you. Thank you, Mr. President. I'll Steve. see you over there." So yeah, that, that was a, a strange conversation to be having at I think nine o'clock in the morning over here, and just talking to the president of, of Israel flag football. And it's, it's I mean, it's what the the community is something I found. In the UK, I mean, when you go to, I mean, my, my only international experience really has been one tournament in Big Bowl and just seeing the amount of people that know each other and have played against each other or with each other in random countries and like locations. But looking across the whole board, who is that team that looking forward to playing, seeing, either playing against or just seeing and watching them play no matter it may, may be for personal reasons but just that one really want to see on the field uh francois we're going to go with you first but what's your men's and women's team um i'm going to say mexico because they have a different style of play i know the guys play with uh i don't know seven quarterbacks on the field at the same time Everybody can drop back. Everybody can throw, and it's kind of—it's really, really fun to watch. Uh, same on the women's side. I mean, and they're all—you know—they're all really pumped up, and they play hard all the time, and they're really, really, really fun to watch. I mean, other teams are really good, methodical, and sometimes I'm going to say boring. Sometimes it works, but it doesn't put on a great show. So there's always something going on when the Mexicans play. To me. Even on, even on, I would say the same thing on the men's side. So Mexico for both men and women. Uh, Carlos, who are you looking forward to seeing play this year? Mm, that's interesting. You know, I mean, the first thing that comes to my head is the U.S. because now they're bringing a lot of AFL guys. So there's a few guys that, that, that you know play against in the U.S. now, and uh, I would like to see them playing five side. You know, because now it changes. Now uh, it's not so much space now, but the guys are still lightning speed. So, uh, and I would like to see how if they gel together. You know, the, if they, the, uh, how it's going to be, how it's going to they're going to perform. And I'm most interested what team is going to challenge them, challenge them because they will. But I don't know which one will be. <laughs> you know, because that will be the, the team who, who will get very close. On the score with them, and then maybe switch the morale, you know, of the of the game. Uh, so the US and whoever challenged them, that so one of those two. Uh, Martin, who, who are you looking forward to seeing this year? All of them, um, as, as being diplomatic as possible uh, <laughs> as the tournament director. Uh, but I, I do have a soft spot for uh, the Mexican women's team. Are always just great to watch so much fun and the speed and skill is unbelievable uh oh uh, the, they used to have a quarterback that they used to call grandma i never okay, grandma. remember Tatum. Tatum. she they was unbelievable 
yeah. this woman was fantastic. Um, yeah. But they're always great fun to watch. They're, they surprise you. They do lots of different stuff. They do have multiple quarterbacks, and it's you never know what the hell's going on. Um, and the men's side, I'm between Denmark and and, um, and Israel. Uh, Denmark for their consistency and their their finesse and skill, but it's uh, Israel for just the pure panache and fun and unexpectedness that comes out of them. They're always great to watch. Ooh, sorry, I forgot about the weapons. Are the Czech, Czech women team playing? Yeah. I would like to see them, actually, because they yeah, are improving. They, they are amazing how they're improving. And they, yeah. are they, they are putting a pickle Austria, Great Britain, <laughs> like name it. They, they're, they're good. They're very yeah, good. They, so, they, the first appearance was at Panama, and they, they, they came to learn. Um, mm -hmm. And then... The uh, Europeans, they you could see the difference between what was at Panama and then what was at the in Israel. It was good to watch. Uh, Martin, I have a question for you. Did you just say that sometimes you're on the field watching a game and you have no idea what's going on? I thought I heard you say that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, occasionally that does happen. Okay. All right, all right. We, we, we don't sure get right. react what happens. Okay. We don't we don't necessarily uh, know the ins and outs of it. We react to what goes on. We never preempt anything. Otherwise, we'll be in the wrong place at the wrong time. We react to the movements of the players. Okay, that's what you meant. Okay. Uh, and, anyway, and when you're doing that, and you're doing Mexico games, yeah, you, you've got to be on the ball because it's you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, with Mexico, and you got the the slot guy drops back quarterback, oh, and then yeah. throws it back. Then the center drops back, and then you have three guys in the backfield, and yeah. two wide receivers running like a headless chicken all over the field. It's like what the hell? And then it's like signing a forty second play. Like what is this? You know? And, and, and then one to watch is, is the Japanese teams because they 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 play a much shorter game. They, they're looking for that. Uh, the percentage plays, everything sort of seven, seven to eight yards, very quick mm -hmm. underneath. And they actually do a lot of run plays as well, which keeps defenses playing in tight, which then opens up that middle ground. Um, so they're, they're, they're one to watch as well. They, they can mix it up quite a lot. And they can cause good teams a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, because they can adjust it. Like it, it, I, I call it the anti-football. I, like, I play against teams that have no quarterback. You know, good athletes, but no quarterback. And this is to pitch you know, shovels and things, but the defense starts at seven and, and suddenly when you react to it, they already make four yards and they do four yards, four yards. I like, damn, I'm, I'm there in the red zone, you know? So the, other, the other thing that makes it hard, especially on the Japanese women's team is they're all so small. So the mm -hmm. defense has to adjust and break down that much deeper when they want to come in on the tackle. And it really throws defenses off on that first half of the game. Yeah. Absolutely. They're not used to playing someone that short where they've got to go that half a foot lower to try and make that flag ball. Mm. No need to dip. <laughs> yeah, they're already dipping all the way through. The, uh, hopefully, they they don't learn how to dip because then that would be game over. <laughs> Picking up mushrooms on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, what's your view on the uh, the most exciting team? Or you're the your most exciting team to watch? Um, I kind of want to see the rookies, uh, the countries that hasn't been there before, just to see what level they're on and uh, what improvement they can. Uh, actually, I'll be more interested in seeing them the next time 
uh, to see how they improve and uh, and that. Uh, so I would say Belarus maybe might be mm. an interesting team to to see. Uh, but then then again, as the other guys say, the uh, outs the, the teams from outside of Europe that you don't see that much, like uh, Mexico, Panama, U.S. and Japan. So. I, I'm just looking forward to seeing some great flag football. That's, that's pretty much it. I mean, talking of seeing great flag football, uh, we recently shared some of the, the, the links that we've been sent. Carlos, we have your final four recently as well. Mm -hmm. how, how did that go, go for you guys? You mean for, for us? Yeah, for you, for you and, and the whole league in general, really. Yeah, well, well yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I I don't play the Spanish league right now. Uh, uh, you know, I live in the Czech Republic now. and uh, But the Valencia Firebats was on my team. Uh, uh, and they, they, are, they, they won. And they actually have been winning, I don't know, 9 out of 10 or something in the last 10 years. So they, they are quite established as uh, champions on the Valencian region, okay? Uh, mainly they had the same core of players for the last 10 years. I used to be in that core. I, I still fl play the champions ball with them once in a while. They still want me, I don't know why, but uh, uh, but the, the final four was, it was nice to watch because you have two teams from Valencia, from the capital, and then Alicante, which is further south. You guys probably been there, some of you. And, and San Juan Dolphins, which are also close by. And um, those two teams are... Uh, San Juan Dolphins are a fairly new team. Maybe the last four or five years it was formed. But they have a lot of athletes, a lot of um, um, university students. They actually do physical education, so they're really fast guys. So they have a lot of... Uh, um, speed uh, and the quarterback he used to be a, an old national team player uh, Rafa Manzano who transitioned to quarterback so it's, it's not like the greatest quarterback but he you know he's a smart guy he knows where to put the ball so he, he utilizes athletes very well so he puts other teams in a pickle uh, um, and the surprise was that Alicante Sharks which are don't, don't have so many athletes there but they are smarter. They, they they do have a good coordinator, and they managed to beat them on the semifinal. And it was, and I, know, I think there was like four or five seconds left. They managed to score, <laughs> and they got themselves on the final against the Firebats. Uh, then the final. I don't know if you guys watched it, but uh, the they they had the chance to come back. The Sharks because uh, it was a 13-0. And then they picked Valencia Firebats, so they had the chance there to, you know, to go 13-7, 13-6, but they didn't, they didn't manage to do it. And then Firebats came back, and then they put a 21-0. Then Sharks came back, but they was already 29-6 or something, so it was, it was, it was game over. And the quarterback for the Firebats has been playing for 30 years, so it's very experienced. The guy has a really good arm. He has a shoulder injury, so he has like a limited amount of throws. So after we don't know what number is it, but when it goes fifty, then he 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 cannot throw anymore, and that's why he's not in the national team anymore. He's a coordinator of the national team now. 
but uh, but he's very experienced. He knows, you know, once he's ahead of the game, you're not going to beat him. Uh, and the defense, it's uh, three three guys on the national team, very fast, very experienced. It's Najim Mohamed, you probably some of you guys have heard of him. It's it's a very good player, and a couple of, uh, the young guys there. So, so it's a difficult team to beat once they're up. Uh, but it's pretty much the the best team in Spain for the last 10 years, I think. The the last 10 Spanish bowls, they've won six six Spanish bowls. So it's uh, it's one of the leagues to watch. It's nice to watch a final four from Valencia because that one, uh, Catalonia, Catalonia has, you know, really good teams, a lot of teams. Uh, that has a lot of quality in there to watch. Uh, but it, it was good to watch some football, you know, <laughs> while no one else is playing, you know. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, it was, it's, it's, you know, now they're starting to stream all the games in all the regions of Spain, which is very nice. It is, it's, it's good to see. So that's what that's what we need now. More people live streaming games, and so we can sit there, no matter what time it is, and just sit there and watch back. Some sometimes just to watch football, just because obviously we haven't seen it for a while, and or some of you will be kind of looking at players and going, "There's one player we need to keep an eye on for December," but. That does bring our episode to an end. Thank you guys for joining us. We've, we've gone over the predictions. Hopefully, uh, feedback from all these, uh, who, who's going to be your, your top four when it all goes horribly wrong and none of those are in there. Nobody will be bringing up these episodes. Delete, please, delete. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Martin maybe can give us a little scoop type of thing, like the format or... We don't have anything, but anything you can share with us, a little bit, maybe. The from the from a logistics point of view, I, I'm embargoed on saying who the groups and what the schedule is uh, at the moment. But one of the things we looked at was we tried previously we've had very long days for teams um, get there for like eight o'clock for the first game and finish at seven eight o'clock at night for the last game. We, we've, we've changed it up this time around. So actually we'll be doing it by sort of like um, a morning session for groups A and B, an afternoon session for groups C and D and around Robins, which means you, you can stagger out your day. You don't have to be there all day long. Um, it makes it easier for the logistics for site. So if, if you were, say your first game was say at eight o'clock, you'd be finished by two, done, dusted, just looking at the schedule. Yeah, actually, yeah, you'd be finished by... Uh, one o'clock, actually. Um, so it means people have got a bit better chance to recuperate, heal, deal with any issues, um, rather than spreading a day out and you're, you're playing a game at early in the morning, mid-afternoon, then late in the evening. It, it, it really buggers athletes up. Luckily enough, the weather at that time of year is looked to be around about 18 to 20 degrees. So it's cooler. Whereas the last Europeans, it was like 35. It was ridiculously hot. <laughs> Um, it's going to be cooler, uh, windier, so that'll throw some extra stuff in there and potentially a little bit of wet as well uh, later in the day. So, see how that goes. But that's one of the things we're looking to do to make it easier for teams. So, we're doing morning and afternoon sessions, so groups will be uh, better be able to plan the days better. Does that mean fewer games, maybe? Uh, we've got, um, I can say we've got four groups in each uh, class. 
So you should be playing, um, depending on the group in, either four or five games um, over the two days. You, you did say four groups, four pools. Four pools, yeah. Okay. A, B, C, and D. All right. And how about, uh, is it safe to say top two from each pool go to the medal round? Can you yeah. Play, are you I would say that's safe to say that the top two in each group. Okay. Come on, keep pulling, keep pulling. Keep talking, Francois. You're doing good. <laughs> it, it, it's what we've done in the last couple of tournaments. I mean, um, the Europeans, we had four groups in uh, Panama. We couldn't. We didn't have the numbers. We only had two groups. Uh, and then we had cross-conference games to try and um, boost the amount of games and that. But it became a nightmare to schedule. So uh, this, this is a lot better. It looks a lot easier. It's more manageable for the teams. It's more manageable for the LOC. Um, right. It should be good. So basically, top two in each pool end up in the World Games? There's that potential. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Mm -hmm. That was nice and easy. <laughs> But yeah, Martin, that's a that's a great format that you got there. You know, like you two o'clock, you're done. You know, you go and rest. That's that's great. Yeah, and uh, and then the other groups will be in the afternoon session. Yeah, yeah. To early evening, it, which means they then get the following morning to recuperate, rest, deal with yeah. injuries, deal with whatever has cropped yeah. up. It, it means the whole thing's much more easy to manage and deal with. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, from the athlete point, I I I used to hate. That. I remember in Grosseto. Last game we had uh, two o'clock, and then Denmark decided we had to play them at nine because it was a storm. And then our coach says like, "Okay," I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> like see, we already went through the ice bath, the massage, and everything. It's like, no, no, you have to play I mean, in, in the, the ideal thing. The ideal thing is you play a game, you're off a game. You play a game, you're off a game. You play yeah, a game, yeah. done, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and that's your day, which means the athletes can keep warm, stretched, yeah. and loose. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't have big gaps between them, which, could, which, mm -hmm. which is where you normally get your injuries start to crop up because they, they've got a long wait between games. But that, that one in Grosseto was, uh, yeah, we had to wait like five hours and we spent like three hours in the locker room, the field in the city. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah, but you know, then they send us back to the hotel. And, and, uh, and so I think some of you guys played after, yeah, but we, they, we, stayed, we stayed there the whole time and they uh, trucked to drive. The, 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 the ground from the, I mean, those that went to last Europeans, the ground is 15 minute bus ride from the hotel. And it's not that far physically, it's just yeah. the roads to get to it is not easy. Um, and you wouldn't want to walk it because it is, they're not great. Uh, <laughs> people driving in Israel is not great. Um, yeah, we're, we're you might not actually get there. But yeah, it's quite quick. So turnaround on the buses and stuff is nice and easy. You're not set on a long bus journey or anything like that. Uh, like where we did in uh, in, a, in Miami, especially when it rained, everyone was cold in the evening. And then they had a, like a 45-minute bus ride back to the hotel, um, freezing cold, because they left the air conditioning on in the buses and everyone's wet. That caused a lot of problems. Right. But the, the schedule... The schedule looks good. Um, it's going to work well for the teams, I think. And we should see some really, really good football. One last question, quickly. All the fields are going to be turf, right? There, There is uh, two aspect turf and one grass. So you'll need footwear for both. You, you potentially could be playing on both surfaces. So make sure footwear for both surfaces. And we're talking grass like... Uh, hmm. 
NFL grass or like your regular average city park? Well, it, it's it's a it's a soccer field. It's the, the grass field is a soccer field. Um, it, it was nice. It was very nice when we were there last is time. It, is it the field that's in between the two? Uh, turns? Yeah, it, it's the middle yeah, middle uh, field. Uh, that one was okay. It was we we used it to uh, a lot of the teams from the Euro used it to warm up on, and yeah, uh, it, it worked fine. Yeah, I think uh, we were primarily looking for that um, on day two and three as a warm up field. Day one we will be using it because we're trying to front load the games on day one to make day two easier. Perfect. Thank you. So yeah. So, no, I, I, I just have one uh, question. Was it hard to rank the teams uh, for this event? Yeah, because Europe is the only currently the only full continental championship. Everybody yeah. else doesn't really have a continental championship because Oceania is just too spread apart. Um, the, the Americas, North and South, it, they're just too far apart. So. Europe's one that only really has a continental championship. So what I looked at when doing the seedings was based on the 2018 final standings and looking at the top four for that uh, and then taking the top four from Europe. And actually, I mixed in the 56 of uh, 18, 2018 into that mix as well to get my, my one to eight. So I based it on previous perform the last two performances from Europe and the last worlds to get that yeah. seeding. Uh Francois, are you taking notes here? Uh, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> it kinda looked like you were taking notes and figuring out where how the groups would look after that. No 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 not at all. <laughs> no. Not that crazy. If it wasn't a currently make, zooming make in. assumptions, but yeah. It's fairly straightforward proceedings on based on previous events. Yeah. Currently zooming in, trying to try and see the reflection of Martin's glasses. No, that's why I took my glasses off. <laughs> yeah, I took a couple of screenshots of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any, anybody who managed to get that schedule off the office glasses, let me know if we can. We won't release it. We'll, we'll just have a look at it uh, privately and yeah. see what we get. We're, we're working the, on it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm pushing for the releasing of at least the group stages, the groups. So people can work out who their round robin competition is going to be, and then they can start looking at old film and that, and getting ready and preparing for those games. I'm, I'm just waiting on approval um, for that. We've, we've sort of held off at the moment because obviously the situation that's been ongoing. Um, so yeah, but the quicker I can release that, the better for me because then it, it solidifies everything, no changes, um, and then after that we'll release the schedule. I think the idea is to try and build up towards to keep people interested in the event rather than do everything here it is right at the beginning and then we hear nothing until two weeks before the event. We're trying to space it out so that we try and keep momentum going into the tournament. So. I think you don't want to release it because you, I mean, you want to release it as quick as possible because you don't want to have so many questions. I think yeah, motivation. There, there was um, some emails went out today to federations from Andy uh, and he's Teflon shouldered himself there and he's put me as the response address. <laughs> for all the questions. So it's going to be interesting fielding that. Um, I'm having daily, uh, I've had three uh, chats, Zoom calls this week with uh, the LOC, uh, talking through bits and pieces and stuff, primarily logistics rather than anything else. But that obviously crops up when we discuss stuff and that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be good. 
I think we're it's going to it's going to be the biggest event we've ever done. That's for sure. Forty plus teams. It's oh, Jesus. Yeah, trying to get that scheduling in done. If he is listening, get involved in this one. It's Ben Cleaver. Oh yeah. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> years. yeah. If you if you see Big Bowl, it's it's that sort of thing. That's what you need now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Organising committee. But yeah, but thanks for all your all your information, Martin. Thanks for being the the, the voice of IFAF unofficially on this one. Yeah. I don't think I've given too much away because it's been similar formats and that. So it's it's. But yeah. You might be able to make some educated guesses that I'll then blow out of the water later. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's another episode done. It, it's IFAF all over. And hopefully December the 3rd, I think it is, will be the first game day. And we'll be over in Israel, hopefully covering December 6th. I've got, it, I've got it written down somewhere, just not in front of me right now. But yeah, we'll, I, th I think we're flying out on the 3rd, hopefully. Get a few a bit of sightseeing if we can. Yeah, well, I I fly to Alabama on the twenty six for a World Games meeting. I land back in the UK because it's a two day meeting on the second of December, and then fly out the second to Israel. So that's going to be a my brain won't know where I am in the world at that point. Rack, racking up those frequent flyer miles. Oh Jesus, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so that's going to be good. So yes, so uh, hopefully I'll, I'll have some more info on the world game stuff as well. We can talk about when I've had some more stuff. Montreal on your way to Alabama, you're welcome. You can have two beers. Yeah. I've not done been to Montreal yet. You, you probably pass, you pass. You will fly by you probably. Yeah, on the way, on the way to UK. Yeah, it's, it's not too far. And the Gander, Newfoundland. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Vancouver and Ottawa have done so far. So, before we go on to onto your your impressive trans like holidays and things like that, we'll we'll call an end. So, so thank thank you for joining us. Hopefully, we'll be yeah more bits of information. Maybe, maybe a schedule, maybe a a groups. Hopefully, by that point, we, we so. never. But there, there we go. That's another one done. And thank you for listening. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and Fifteen Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customized sportswear supplies.